March 6th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Mark, chapter 12, beginning at verse 38. And we'll read through chapter 13, verse 13. As we learned yesterday, the Lord watches how we give and examines the motives of the heart. He also sees how much we give and measures the proportion, not the portion. An old epitaph reads, What I gave, I have. What I spent, I had. What I kept, I lost. In Mark chapter 13, this is Mark's version of the Olivet Discourse, written with Gentile readers in mind. If we're to be ready and faithful in these last days, we must heed the admonitions of Jesus. Take heed that no one deceives you. Political and geological disruption will give false prophets and false Christs great opportunity to deceive people. Persecution against God's people will either strengthen us or weaken us. And now, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. March 6th, Mark chapter 12, verse 38, through chapter 13, verse 13. Here are some of the other things He, Jesus, taught them at this time. Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they love to parade in flowing robes and to have everyone bow to them as they walk in the marketplaces, and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and at banquets, but they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property. And then to cover up the kind of people they really are, they make long prayers in public. Because of this, their punishment will be the greater. Jesus went over to the collection box in the temple and sat and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two pennies. He called his disciples to him and said, I assure you, this poor widow has given more than all the others have given. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. As Jesus was leaving the temple that day, one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at these tremendous buildings. Look at the massive stones in the walls. Jesus replied, These magnificent buildings will be so completely demolished that not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the slopes of the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple. Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked him, When will all this take place? And will there be any sign ahead of time to show us when all this will be fulfilled? Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you, because many will come in my name, claiming to be the Messiah. They will lead many astray, and wars will break out near and far. But don't panic. Yes, these things must come, but the end won't follow immediately. Nations and kingdoms will proclaim war against each other, and there will be earthquakes in many parts of the world, and famines. But all this will be only the beginning of the horrors to come. But when these things begin to happen, watch out. You will be handed over to the courts and beaten in the synagogues. 
you'll be accused before governors and kings of being my followers. This will be your opportunity to tell them about me. And the good news must first be preached to every nation. But when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry about what to say in your defense. Just say what God tells you to. Then it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death. Fathers will betray their own children, and children will rise against their parents and cause them to be killed. And everyone will hate you because of your allegiance to me, but those who endure to the end will be saved. these things have something in common. Spouse, children, work, possessions, money, pleasure, friends, enemies. Here's what they have in common. Some of them look better, others look worse. But the fact is, they all break down. They all are dysfunctional. Of course, the reason that this one psychotherapist could see it so obviously is in the death camps, they all break down except for those people who have an infinite reference point. All finite reference points, all finite focal points die. Most of us will never be in a death camp, but we're going to find out about it anyway because you don't have to be in a death camp for the, to see the breakdowns. As I describe them, you say, yes, of course. Look at yourself. Everybody in this room has got some of the effects of this. Because we're all sinners, whether you're a Christian or not, you're a sinner. And the Bible is telling you right here that therefore the effects of sin is, number one, to believe that we can't trust God, that we can't really trust Him to meet our needs. And number two, therefore to find another meaning focal point. And everybody here has got them. Sometimes we move around for, during our life, but we've all got them, and our misery comes because we experience breakdowns. The only way out, the only way out, is to do what Augustine said. You know, St. Augustine, he says, God, our hearts are restless till they find the, our, their rest in Thee, which means Augustine is giving us a tremendous compliment. He's saying, God alone can be your meaning focal point. God alone is the thing that you can look at and say, is this good for pleasure and for wisdom? God alone has to be your summum bonum because you were built on that scale. Your, your soul is so great, there is nothing else that will satisfy it. You see what a compliment it is to say that you're a wreck until you find God? That's a compliment. No matter how much you finesse it, unless you're willing to get religious. No matter how much you would finesse, unless you're willing to get religious, unless your mission in life is God. To serve God, to know God, to see God. It all, you, know, you, can, you can gussy it up and say, I'm really here to make the world a better place, but it all is going to come down to the same thing. A finite reference point, a finite focal point, which will not in the end be able to uphold the greatness of your being won't. You see, here's the irony of ironies and the glory of glories. 
the original tree of life in Adam became a tree of death. But the cross in Christ, the tree of death, becomes a tree of life. All ye who pass by, behold and see, man stole the fruit, but I must climb the tree. A tree of life for all, but only me. Who are the seed of the woman? These are people whose mission in life is not their spouse, is not their friends, is not approval or pleasure, it's not money or work, it's not trying to make the world a better place. And yet it's all those things. Because we know what it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. The seed of the woman are people who know my mission now in life is not only to make Jesus my meaning in life, but to show other people the lie. Let the lie be healed in your own life. Make the spread of the gospel your mission in life and everything else will be added to you. Psalm 49, verses 1 through 20. Whether you're rich or poor, this psalm is for you because it deals with two important subjects, death and money. Do not boast in your wealth or trust in your wealth, wrote the psalmist, and he explained why. Your wealth cannot prevent death. When Queen Elizabeth I was dying, she said, All my possessions for one moment of time. Although money can buy medicine and professional help, it cannot buy God off when the death angel comes to claim you. All your possessions, all your money will not buy you one more moment of time here on this earth. Your wealth cannot go with you. The dead bodies of both men and beasts turn to dust in the grave, and the rich are not exempt from this end. When a believer dies, the Spirit goes to be with the Lord, but you cannot take your wealth with you. However, you can send it ahead as you share it with others in the name of the Lord. And your wealth cannot buy permanent fame. Men praise the rich while they live, honor them when they die, and perhaps hope to inherit something, and then forget them. The rich man can build himself a monument, but he cannot make people remember him Verse 15, we'll see, reveals the believer's assurance of future resurrection. And that is what conquers death and makes life worth living. Psalm 49, verses 1 through 20. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. Listen to this, all you people. Pay attention, everyone in the world, high and low, rich and poor. Listen. For my words are wise, and my thoughts are filled with insight. I listen carefully to many proverbs, and solve riddles with inspiration from a harp. There is no need to fear when times of trouble come, when enemies are surrounding me. They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches. Yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. Those who are wise must finally die, just like the foolish and senseless.
leaving all their wealth behind. The grave is their eternal home, where they will stay forever. They may name their estates after themselves, but they leave their wealth to others. They will not last long despite their riches, for they will die like the animals. This is the fate of fools, though they will be remembered as being so wise. Like sheep, they are led to the grave, where death will be their shepherd. In the morning, the godly will rule over them. Their bodies will rot in the grave, far from their grand estates. But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of death. So don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they carry nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. In this life they consider themselves fortunate, and the world loudly applauds their success. But they will die like all others before them, and never again see the light of day. People who boast of their wealth don't understand that they will die like the animals. Proverbs chapter 10 Verses 27 and 28 Fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. The hopes of the godly result in happiness, but the expectations of the wicked are all in vain.